Welcome to DJ's Podcast. We're your hosts, Dales and Justine, and today's topic is poetry. Our prompt today is write an essay in which you discuss how the poem's diction, choice of words, reveals the author's attitude towards the subject of the poem. So when we break the prompt down, the prompt is basically telling us to find examples of diction in the, po- in the poems and explain how those specific examples reveal the author's attitude towards the subject of the poem. Basically, the explicit question would be, how does the diction reveal the author's attitude towards the subject of the poem? And the implicit question would be, how is that diction significant and what is the subject of the poem? In Emily Dickinson's poem, They Shut Me Up in Prose, she encapsulates the limitations set on woman, yet their will against yet their will to fight against the constraints that will eventually lead to their freedom. This poem is a safe choice I chose because since it is such a direct poem, its diction was what created a powerful and meaningful message. There was no need to look deeper into an external meaning because Dickens' diction made the message and her attitude towards the subject so clear. Dickens' diction shows a pattern that contributes to the theme of the poem. Her word choices like shut me up, treason, pound, and captivity demonstrates a negative attitude of being oppressed that women, and specifically herself, face. Yet her diction with words like easy, star, down upon, and laugh creates an inspiring attitude that contributes to the theme of the breaking free from limitations. So to further simplify this, Dickinson's diction shows a negative attitude towards the oppression being faced. But once she realizes she and all women can break free from these constraints, her diction changes as she seems to laugh at the oppressors and that inspires readers and ultimately creates an inspiring attitude. Dickinson's overall attitude demonstrates her passionate empowerment for women as she res- repeatedly empowers breaking the structure to not be held captive by people, to, pers- to persevere and to rebel those rules women must follow. She uses contrast- contrasting word choices to share her story of oppression and she, and I quote, looked down upon captivity. Now for our next safe poem, we're going to look at, I look at the world by Langston Hughes. So this is our safe poem, and this poem is supposed to be uplifting and motivating. The author is describing a new realization and vision he is seeing. In that new vision, he's noticing things that are actually bad than what he believed before. He then realized that this space he was looking at was oppressing him and that he needed to find another place to follow. Basically, it's about a black person that is living in a world, you know, that causes oppression, and that that person had decided to just stand up and follow a better path. During this poem, Langston Hughes uses words that are very common and informal, which allows for greater understanding. This, they also serve as a better way to describe things with little words, since they often carry a negative connotation. Examples of these words would be fenced off, narrow space, and silly walls. These words allow for more meaning without using so many, so many words, because, like, the, the words carry, you know, lots of meaning. And that it aligns with the author's attitude on how the path he was giving is, you know, pretty stupid and it just leads to oppression. It, it was just bad. It wasn't a good one. So now on about why this is a safe poem. This is a safe poem because it gives a concise and clear message. We know that the author uses these types of words because he's referring to oppression and racial issues. Using these words with negative connotation helps the reader know that the author's attitude towards these problems of oppression, he he just dislikes them. Next, in uh, William Ernest Henley's poem, Invictus, he shares a story of anyone who refuses to be conquered. 
and how everyone has to be Invictus if they want to succeed. Invictus is the work for it poem as it shows deeper meaning because in order to greatly understand the poem, you have to understand Henley's background for writing it. This makes it the most appropriate choice because you have to be able to use external understanding to create a more accurate analysis. Henley wrote this poem because of hardships he faced regarding his amputated leg and the death of his five-year-old daughter. He wrote this while on the hospital bed after the amputation of his leg. Henley's diction in stanza 1 uses the word pit, shows that it actually means hell. It is describing how how his world is dark and depressing, but then he uses the word unconquerable. In stanza 2, when he uses the word bludgeonings, it refers to bludgeon, which is to beat. This describes that he has been harshly treated by fate, but then he uses the word unbowed to show that he has not given in. In stanza 3, Henley goes on to use words like wrath, tears, horror, and then unafraid. In stanza 4, Henley goes on to use the word straight, which means narrow or difficult, and then the word captain, to show that even though his future is uncertain because of the state he's in, he will continue to control his own faith and soul with whatever time he has. It's important to notice the transition happening towards the end of each stanza. His diction at the beginning of each stanza is negative, but at the second or third line, it shifts to a more positive type of diction. His diction demonstrates a shift in Henley's attitude as well. His attitude towards his life begins as depressing and dark, and then his attitude towards life converts to empowering and motivating. Henley details unrelenting endurance through hardships. He emphasizes his pains and sufferings, but despite all that, he also describes how he is unfazed by these events to show his perseverance. Now it's time for the hard poem, The Road Not Taken, by Robert Frost. This poem is about an author who's indecisive, about a fork in the road that he's presented with. He, had a, he has to choose between two paths which seem identical. He tries to look for the one that has never been taken, but failed. He then decides to choo choose one, again, despite his wishes of being able to tra travel both. At the end, he chose one that's less traveled by, and he has made a great change in his life. In Frost's poem, we can see a common occurrence in his choice of words. It seems the whole poem... He uses words to make things much more dramatic and poetic than it really should be. In reality, this poem is much more natural to being about an event in life. For example, in the first stanza, he uses the phrase to wear a bent in the undergrowth when describing the roads that he's been looking down into. Without this poetic choice of words and phrases, Frost, what he really is trying to say, is he's trying to look down a path which he's been presented with, by, with, which has been presented to him by life. Looking down at that path means he's just trying to predict what will be the outcome, you know, trying to predict the future if he decides to make that life-changing choice. Using that phrase to bend onto the undergrowth, he's, he's keeping the same setting and mood of the poem which revolves around the trees and yellow woods. Now, in the second stanza, Frost again decides to use this much more dramatic, such poetic choice of words. Like in the second stanza, he uses grassy and wanted wear. He does this because he wanted to emphasize, you know, the initial goal that he wanted to choose a path that has not been taken. He uses the term grassy because, you know, it fits with the setting. That's what one may think at first, but it's actually, it actually has greater meaning. Grassy has like a positive connotation. So in society, we always reference the grass greener on the other side, but that it will kept 
well-kept grass or lawn is a grass that's busy or, you know, always being used. You know, it's kept well. So using words grassy and accompanying that with wanted wear lets us know that the grass has never been cut nor kept, meaning that, you know, it's a path that's never been taken or visited or anyone, visited by anyone. So now towards the end of the poem, again, the author uses more slick poetic choice of words to make simple sentences much more, you know, sad and dramatic than it actually should be. Frost states, I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence. What he really means is that after choosing a choice, he will be sad and regret this in the future. He's talking in a in a perspective more in the future. So now this whole poem was actually now. And if we do research on the poem, this poem was actually written as a joke about a friend. So when reading that line, that sigh is actually more like a sarcasm saying, oh, he's going to be sad. But in reality, it's just a choice, you know, saying somewhere ages and ages hence literally just means sometime in the future. I will be saying this with a sigh to make the whole fork in the road very important and dramatic picking, you know, picking between two paths, which will change his life. He uses words that give off a sarcastic tone and, and a much more formal way of saying those words to provide greater drama. This poem is a risky poem. So now for the reason why this poem is risky, more of a harder poem to decipher is because how ambiguous the meaning is. The poem's message is still being debated despite the fact that it has been made as a joke to a friend. But this poem actually... So the question is, but does this poem actually have a greater meaning behind it? I think the choice of words leaves us wondering if this is, was an actual serious poem or not. It was made as a joke, but, if, but its use of words does not correspond as if it, it were if it were a joke. That's why it's hard to decipher it. It may seem as formal, straightforward poem, but actually has greater meaning when you further analyze it. Thank you for tuning into DJ's podcast.